You're listening to the Athletic Motion Golf Podcast. I'm Mike Renato, and I'm here with my good buddy and co-founder in AMG, Sean Webb. We have one goal with this podcast, to help you improve your game. We're going to do that by showing you what the best players in the world do, and then show you how to incorporate those same moves into your own swing. And we're going to do it all in 15 minutes or less. Today's episode is brought to you by Live View Golf. We use the Live View Pro every day in lessons because it gives our golfers the necessary feedback for improvement. The Live View Pro is like having a swing studio in your pocket. It's a tool we recommend to anyone serious about improving their swing. Check it out at liveviewsports.com backslash AMG to get $40 off at checkout. So we see a lot of golfers come in and we love asking the question, what have you been working on lately? You know, kind of what drills are you doing? You know, it's just fun for us to try to understand some of the history of the players we're working with, right? Because that's a big deal. Um, you want to know how they arrived at where their swing is or where their mind is. And one of the things golfers tell us they do a lot, and actually, even if they don't tell us, we can pick it up after watching them hit a few warm-up balls. It's... It's become popular in the last several years where a trend is seeing guys trying to keep their elbows together throughout the swing and their knees apart. working apart. <laughs> yeah, that's interesting. Never thought about it that way. Yeah, and, you know, sometimes they'll be doing both. Sometimes it'll be one or the other. And there's, you know, the popular drills, and and we've got the balls, you know, and, and back from as far back as I can remember, you know, working with Scott back when he was coaching me, there was – you go to the dollar store and you get the that uh, little ball in the big bin. Remember the big bin? It looked like yep. had about 400 balls in it there. It kind of like uh, tie-dyed. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. The real thin kind yeah. of rubbery balls, and you'd put those in your between your forearms or between your elbows. I think as long as balls have been around, guys have been trying to <laughs> keep them between their forearms. That's no doubt about it. <laughs> I mean, I did it for a long And time. then you remember when uh, Martin Keimer, I think when he won the U.S. Open, had tennis the tennis ball. ball. And then, you know, now there's the the smart ball. Uh, there's been diff- all sorts of variations on, you know, putting something between your elbows to keep them together. One of our one of our tour guys said his coach would tie rubber bands around his arms, you know, so even without a ball, he's was taught to keep his arms together. That Hogan book, he's is a there's a picture with his he has a tourniquet around his mm-hmm. arms. Mm-hmm. It's an image that like, you know, sticks in your head. Yep. So you've got that and then now at the lower body, we've got guys with, um, you know, we've seen balls between the knees trying to drop the ball during the transition or downswing, you know, um, range empty range buckets between the knees and trying to drop those in the downswing. You know, there's all sorts of things. So it's a general theme is, you know, trying to keep the knees apart or making them move apart, I should say, and then trying to keep the elbows together. Yeah, and I think the elbows together thing, everybody likes – Everybody likes stuff that's like clean and tidy and, and like almost like what can I do to simplify this? Well, right, that, that, right. That, that's okay to a certain extent. You want a simple look and swing, but a lot of times when you start throw, like take stripping away items too much, it takes away the natural motion. That's when the simplification hurts you. It's like we always say, well, it, in theory, it's easier to dunk if I don't if I don't squat down because I'm I'm closer to the rim. Well, why would I want to move away from the rim when I'm trying to get closer to the rim? Right. So in theory, 
It's simpler. It's, it's more simple to just stand there and jump straight up without having the counter movement of going down. The problem with that is you've stripped away the one thing that helps you get higher. Is and, you know, counter move. that never stops. So, you know, driving a car is relatively safe, but is there still an element of danger? So if I'm going to strip away the danger, I'll, you know, drive a safer car. Okay, but then there's still some danger. So maybe I'll just drive at a certain speed. Well, there's there's still danger in that. Maybe I'll just... I won't drive. I'll just stay home, yeah. you know, and then there's some danger in the, you know, it's like, where does it end? You can keep simplifying and stripping movements out of the swing until you wind up with a not very good swing or certainly an underpowered swing. And, you know, today's equipment is not built to be swung super slow. slow. It, yeah. The, it, yeah. The, the, in the name of simplification, I think is where that keeping the elbows the same distance apart and, you know, there's probably guys that can do it to a certain extent. You see them, they're probably built a certain way, kind of longish, thinnish arms. I know I can't do it. Well, and then a, a lot of it stems, too, from we've all seen the golfer who spreads them where, right. you know, you could, uh, you know, a golden retriever could jump through the elbows. Right, and probably he's overdoing it. Right. So to fix that, you keep them together. And that is not always, the most likely not always the fix, especially with the elbows. And, and I know you've – We've, we've got a gears, you know, 3d motion capture system. And, you know, we work pretty closely with the guy who owns a company and, and um, he'll ask us, you know, what would be helpful, you know, to look at some different parameters and, and, and you've looked at it a lot more than I have. You know, we can now measure between body parts and we mm -hmm. can see, you know, what do the elbows do throughout the swing? And he's Do they, do the elbows get farther apart? Do they get closer together? Where do they do it? Knees. How much? Right. Head. There's, there's probably a yeah. window that, that a lot of good players stay in. Some have them a little close. Let's just, you know, if we stuck on the elbows, some have a little closer, some have them farther apart. But what we what we are seeing, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, the trend of the, the graph or how those elbows move might be different amounts, but what they're doing during the swing is very similar with great swings. Would, would I be correct in saying that? Yeah, hundred. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so what's interesting looking at all the data, and, you know, we've gotten – our database continues to grow, which is it's awesome. We're very blessed to have access to so many great players. And when you, you know, think of where we were five years ago, you know, compared to where we are, we're, we're coming, we're closing in on $1.5 billion in career earnings. Actually, I think we just jumped because the guys that went to the lab. <laughs> so you think about guys who've won $1.5 billion is a lot, a lot, a lot of good players in our database. Yeah, total career earnings from the players in the database, PJ tour earnings over one point, about 1.5 yeah, Closing in on one and a half billion. Okay. Yeah. So, and it can, it's growing. So hopefully this time next year, we'll be saying it's closing in on two, two and a half. Yeah. Uh, so you consider that. So we're not just looking at what club pros do or mini tour players do. Not that they're not great players, but we're looking at what the best players do. And when you have that kind of a database, you're looking at a lot of winners, a lot of Ryder Cuppers, a lot of major champions, some Hall of Famers in there. You're, you're just looking at a very elite group data set, right? The group of golfers. Yeah. And one thing that's pretty unique is that all those guys, you're talking about tall guys, short guys, round guys, thin guys. Everyone pretty much starts with their elbows very similarly spaced apart. That's wild. Right? It yeah. is crazy. You and I are in there, and our elbows are nearly the same 
And we we're shaped. I'm tall and round. Yeah, it's, it's it's interesting that no matter what the build is, it's a pretty tight window at a dress. Yeah, and you know if you think about it, you know we all kind of play very similar with a you know half an inch maybe difference in club length. Yep. So there's there's that like our our arms aren't open. It's not an open chain. We're holding on to the club, and right. both hands have to be somewhat together right yeah, so just the structure of the body and the right. clubs probably puts everybody very similar in right. that regard unless they're doing something crazy that's unplayable right so it's roughly around from all the data we've seen 12 and a half 13 inches okay okay you, you know there's not very much play in there there's there's some that are a little less some that are, but you're talking about the extremes on the size of the player then at that point chest size arm length yeah yeah yeah. yeah so it's all kind of around that foot distance okay all right every single player not one exception separates their arms in the backswing shoulders excuse me elbows separates their elbows the elbows elbows. are wider apart farther apart than they are at address every single one so i was wondering about that and you and i always talk about like i didn't have much success i I mean i've been putting balls between my arms since the beginning of the time And, and it, I never had, you know, I could hit, it was okay for half shots, but there's something about it. It just ruined me if I tried to make a full swing. And, and now, you know, the more we learn about swings, it's like, we know now, okay, there was a reason it, it wasn't, it wasn't natural to do that. It, it, I was right, like, right. I, I was a good baseball player and you were a good football player, basketball player. Like when you throw something, you're not having your arms in a pinched position. You're, you're, if you cocked your arm back to throw a baseball, that's a powerful position. I think as the game um, gets longer and longer as far as where guys are hitting the ball off a tee and, and the, the club head speed, it's it's an advantage to have the elbow the elbows apart a little bit. It, it puts you in a more powerful position to move something fast. Yeah, obviously we we haven't measured players from the black and white area, right, we call it. Right, we're right? just talking so, modern game. But I don't think we'll see anything different. No, and there may be a player out there on the on the planet that keeps him the same. I have a hard time after seeing this data. Think anyone narrows their arms? Um, even that LPGA player who's really—I mean, her her elbows. She would like, be the exception. Like they're almost touching. Like hypermobile type. Hypermobile situation. still spreads them in the backswing. Um, so I don't think it's for a lot of golfers. You mentioned you can't do it physically, can't do it, but there are players who could physically do it that still don't do it. No, I mean, we worked with, we helped Darren Clark for quite a while. And uh, oh there's no gosh. way oh. he could have done it. He's a barrel chested guy. Mm-hmm. It's like on the extreme as far as his build. And I mean, it, no, no chance. I, I just don't. But you, but the cool thing is you don't have to do it. You don't In have fact, to do it. No one does it. It's one of those things. It's like you're putting hand. I feel like if you're doing full swings with it, you're putting handcuffs on your swing. It's just a, not a natural way to swing the arms during the swing. Now, you look at the reasons why golfers try to do that. One is the, the, the way I was shown to use the ball, the reason um, my coach gave me the ball was to shorten my swing. Uh-huh. And it'll definitely shorten your swing because, to your point, you're limiting the motion. Yeah. Because I didn't know how to shorten my swing correctly. It was a bit of a Band-Aid. So it was kind of like, okay, I, my swing looked awesome lengthwise in that ball. Great. But then as soon as I got rid of the ball, I still had my swing. 
So I didn't really, it was kind of like a parlor trick in the essence that it gave me something different to do, but it didn't really change any mechanics. Some guys will do it for sequencing, right? Cause it kind of ties everything together. Yeah. Um, and guys will do it because what we talked about, the super separated arms. So kind of what we see is the arms will separate and it's not going from a foot to 12, you know, 12 inches to 12 and a half inches. It's adding several inches. Yeah. Some cases, five inches, they're farther apart at the top than they are at address. So moving a couple inches farther apart is not a swing fault. Moving 12 inches farther apart is a swing fault. It's all based on swing fault. Win- windows. Yeah, you're right. trying to stay within the rails. But that separation, the separation isn't the fault. It's how much that's the fault. So trying to not separate them is still a fault. Great point. To take that guy and just put a ball between his arms might not help him at all. Right. You just got to lessen the amount. Exactly. So I think that's going to free up a lot of people, and you're going to find the club works a little bit better into the top of the swing. I know that when I do it too much and try to pinch him, I lay the club off because that elbow, trail elbow working out a little helps support the club at the top. Yep. We always talk about kind of propping the club up at the top of the swing, and that trail arm kind of separating a little bit and spreading helps, helps do that. It gives you that swoosh that we've talked about at the top of the swing. So it gives you a lot of good things, including – Club head speed. Yeah, well, it should. It should. It right? should give you. If you've been pinching too much, you know, elbows together, if you spread your elbows it, and do it the correct way, you should pick up some club head speed. It'll actually help with shallowing. It'll help with club head speed. Uh, and I say will. It can help with all these if you understand, you know, obviously how to do it and getting the club on plane, right, going into the top. Absolutely. Because I can keep them together, you know, put a ball between my arms and like you said, after about a certain point where you're kind of getting past little little wedge distance with the arms, then the way my arms are built and, you know, all the wrist injuries that I've had and breaks, the club really starts to get under plane and laid off when I keep my elbows together. It's kind of a layoff move. Really. Yeah. And then when for most golfers, when the club gets super laid off at the top and you start down, it's going to steepen. And then it's going to create other issues, so which is yeah. going to rob you of the shallowing and the speed and all that. Absolutely. So that's one. Yeah. So the the theme there, and I think we might be better off. We only got a couple minutes left to okay. do a separate, separate knee video. Sure. But keeping your arms together can be a feel, right? Because we've got a, a few pros that feel like they keep their yeah. arms together. They separate them four inches, but they feel like they're together. But crossing that feel over into actually training to do it and actually doing something that forces you to do it might actually lead you to keep your arms together, which is a very unnatural, non, we'll say non pro move to make. Yeah, we just say be careful of throwing the baby out in the bathwater, yeah. right? Yeah. You're trying to get rid of some of it and then you keep them the same distance apart, you got yourself a whole nother set of problems. So And this will surprise you. I've been accused of overeating. <laughs> right? I mean, I know it's not it's going to be hard for everyone to believe. Now. So the fix for overeating is not starvation. stop eating. Starvation. <laughs> starvation. Yeah, it's you know, let's pick the right amount. <laughs> right. Yeah. You know, have a salad, not uh, two plates of spaghetti. No, it, it, exactly right. And I know this this one thing. You know, I think we've intuitively been teaching it this way for quite a while. Actually, we don't mm-hmm. really use the ball between the arms. Uh, like, not anymore. You know, no. But having this extra data set now, and, and all we're, we try to do, and we're not knocking anybody, if it works for you to put a ball between your arms, not, go ahead. We're not saying that. We're just saying what we try to do when we get new ways to measure the swing, which they keep 
adding for us in the gear software. You know, when we get new ways to measure, we look at the data set that we have and say, okay, what's really happening in most of these really good players? And when we come up with something cool, we try to share it with you. You can, you know, take it or leave it. But we're just sharing with you. It's, it, we have never seen it measured like this. We don't think it's been able to in the past. You know, a 2D video really skews what's happening. Mm, no chances. Because you know, it's it a rotational yeah. deal and the arms are moving up and down. It's very difficult to see. Um, but when we have something we think is going to help, you know, it may hurt some feelings along the way, but we just are here to share the information unbiasedly, and that, that's what we've been trying to do this whole time with, since we started AMG. Yeah, if you start with knowing what actually happens, then, you know, you can adjust your feels to to get there. But if you start with a, a poor concept. You're, you're done. You know, you may actually start doing that poor concept. We see golfers execute that all the time. Um, you know, it's always the danger when you work in your golf swing that you wind up working on, even though you may have short-term success, like when you're swinging from one pattern to another, that you may actually start doing what you're trying to do. And that's always the danger when you're working on your swing. So we want as many golfers to understand what happens at good swings as possible with objective data. And then you decide if that's something you want to do or, or change or yeah. alter in how you practice. It, if you know, try it, especially if you've been going the other way, see if it helps video yourself, see if you're doing what you think you're doing. We've talked about that before, but, but again, we just try to provide the best information, what the best players in the world are doing. And if you apply a lot of times, it'll help your game as well. Mm -hmm. So give it a try. Don't give it a try. As long as you know what happens, then you can make informed decisions. I love it. If these are helping you guys, we hope they are guys and gals go on iTunes, leave us a five star and a written review. It helps more golfers find the podcast, and we're trying to help as many golfers as we can.